0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. This is George Zane, and I am by myself today, no guest, which is, I believe, this is the first podcast I've done without a guest in a very long time, and the only one that is currently posted on my channel without a guest. So forgive me if I'm a bit rusty, but we have a topic today that 100% needs to be discussed. So with the NFL in full swing we cannot lose sight of the fact that LeBron James the greatest player in this generation hands down has just won his fourth NBA title. Now whenever something happens this happened earlier in the year with Jordan with the Last Dance documentary coming out and it's happening now the pendulum likes to swing. Whoever you believe LeBron James, Michael Jordan, whoever your goat is, is dependent on what is happening in the media at the current time. So I wrote an article called Jordan vs. LeBron, separating the goat from the sheep. I wrote this a while back for the sports wave, and I'm re-uploading it now with some updated, uh, some updated statistics and some updated uh, accolades, that kind of thing, so that way um, we can have a real conversation about who the goat is. So today, I'm not going to read straight from it, but I would like to read this to you. Hopefully by the end, you will see my point of view. I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but... At least I'll be able to rationalize my point, and you can understand better where each side is coming from. So, the term goat refers to the greatest player of all time, and it has become vernacular in the sports sphere over the past decade. With every goat comes many sheep, and the term sheep, terribly coined by myself, means that a player is stupid, he even envisions perfection. This was a poor attempt at wordplay on my part, but please stick with it. Every sport has their respective GOAT, and that being said, the greatest player in NBA history is undoubtedly the most contentious disagreement of all. Oftentimes, you will find passionate NBA fans resorting to insulting each other's intelligence when discussing this subject. I fell in love with the NBA when I was 10 years old, when I first watched Carmelo Anthony go, and... (laughs) and play the Boston Celtics on Christmas Day. And since that point, I've heard more people thrown into the GOAT discussion than, well, Russell Westbrook's shooting percentage. Hearing everyone has a different set, or seeing as how everybody has a different set of standards, it allows for many arguments to come in for who is their GOAT. I've heard arguments for the likes of Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace, Kareem, Skyhook, Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain, LeBron, the King James, and Michael Air Jordan, and many more beyond that. It became apparent that everybody has a different set of standards when evaluating their GOAT, and I came to realize that the only way to fairly evaluate who the GOAT truly is is to pit these players against each other in a gauntlet of equal criteria, meaning applicable across generations. And these criteria, in no particular order, include accolades, statistics, success, longevity and durability, and assistance. After comparing the players using these criteria, the list narrows down to two players, and I'm sure who you know who they are given the introduction. It will come as no surprise to anybody that it is Michael Jordan and LeBron James. This debate brings a lot of names to the forefront, but one way or another, it always seems to come down to these two. I'm in many basketball groups on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, every social media platform, no matter what day it is, it always seems to be Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Due to the recent release earlier this year of Michael Jordan's 10-part documentary, The Last Dance, there was a definite pendulum swing in the public eye in favor of Michael Jordan. However, after this week, LeBron James just won his fourth NBA title, and I sense a shift back. This is a very toxic thing when it comes to evaluating players, because that can change at any time. This, I will try here to attempt to eliminate any sort of biases that may exist in an effort to separate the sheep from the goat and to shed some light on the greatest debate of all time. So, to look first at the first category, we have accolades. Now, there are the MVPs, the finals MVPs, scoring titles, all NBA teams, all defensive teams, defensive player of the year, and all-star appearances. MVPs, Michael Jordan 5, LeBron James 4. Finals MVP, Michael Jordan 6, LeBron James 4. Scoring titles, Michael Jordan 10, LeBron James 1. All NBA teams, Michael Jordan 11, LeBron James 16. All NBA defensive teams, Michael Jordan 9, LeBron James 6, Defensive Player of the Year, Michael Jordan 1, LeBron James 0, and All-Star Appearances, Michael Jordan 14, LeBron James 16. So, when it comes down to the individual accomplishments, one must not fall into the trap of ignoring a later category, which is longevity. When you take into account that Jordan sustained serious, a serious injury early on in his career and retired from the game in his prime twice... He really only played a total of 13 seasons, as opposed to LeBron's 17 and counting. That is by no means a knock on James, but again, longevity and durability is a category in itself. And with that said, there should be an asterisk next to some of the categories where LeBron just barely edges out Jordan. Jordan only beats LeBron out in MVPs by one, but again, it's all the more impressive when you take into account that Jordan has played significantly less time. Mike has two more finals MVPs than James, and he has ten times as many scoring titles, three more All-NBA defensive teams, and a Defensive Player of the Year is the cherry on top. I left the college awards off due to the fact that LeBron bypassed college to go straight to the league, but this doesn't discount the fact that Jordan was a two-time All-American and a one-time college player of the year. So when it comes to accolades, Michael Jordan's the man. Now to go on to statistics, we have three types of statistics. We have the basic statistics, we have the statistics ranked against their own positions, and then we have the advanced statistics. I'm not going to read out every statistical category to you, but the statistical categories include points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage, and turnovers. Now before I say anything about statistics, I need to say that These statistics were compiled prior to the 2020 NBA bubble. So LeBron's stats might be off by a little bit, but in reality, it doesn't make a difference for anything really. So Michael Jordan beats LeBron James out in one, two, three, four, five of of the nine basic statistical categories. What is more dumbfounding is that when you seek below the surface and add context to these statistics... The margin between the two of them gets even larger now before we delve deeper one must acknowledge the fact that certain positions are more inclined to rack up certain certain statistics based on their positional roles this means that the one way to properly analyze a player's basic statistics such as those listed above is to compare them relative to the statistics of other players at their position so when you look at that and you rank them against other players at their position Jordan comes out on top one, two, three, four, five out of the seven times. I had to take out three point percentage and turnovers because I couldn't find the statistics for those. So, with this statistical contextualization, let's say that swings it five to four advantage to a whopping six to one advantage with the omission of three point percentage and turnovers and both favoring Jordan. When judging these players in relation to the positions they play, Jordan is not only near the top in every category, but is relatively better in every category with the exception of assists. If you think it's ridiculous to compare them relative to their position rather than to each other, let me offer some advanced statistics to further show Jordan's statistical dominance. I'm not going to read them again. It's too much, but uh, player efficiency rating for regular season and playoffs, win shares for regular season and playoffs. Uh, box score plus minus regular season and playoffs, value over replacement player regular season and playoffs, and top 100 game scores. Of all of those, Michael Jordan not only beats LeBron in every single one of those uh, categories, but he is number one all time in all of those categories. Number one all time. Advanced statistics don't care about your position your time played in the league, all they care about is telling you who is objectively better at doing X, Y, and Z. And not only is Jordan better at LeBron at X, Y, and Z, but he is better than everybody ever at X, Y, and Z. In addition, when you look at a statistic like PER where the gap between the two seems to be small, it's worth noting that LeBron's play hasn't begun to decline yet and that Jordan has had two seasons of his career where he was fresh off retirement, and one of them was at age 40. All things considered, it's a miracle Jordan still leads in that category, and the, war- the margin will no doubt be wider when LeBron exits his prime, whenever that might be. So the verdict, when it comes to statistics, also has to go to Michael Jordan. So the third category now is success. There are three ways to measure success, in my opinion. Final series record, finals games record, and Finals opponents average wins. So in the Finals, LeBron has been swept twice, and he has won just one game in the Finals twice as well. The diehard LeBron fans will chalk this up to tough competition that he had to face teams like the Warriors and the Spurs, but this is faulty logic, and it seems to backfire easily when you see that the teams Jordan faced in the Finals averaged more wins than the teams that LeBron faced in the Finals. The only reason we don't hold the Jazz or the Suns, in the same high esteem as we hold the, uh, um, uh, the Spurs or the Warriors is because Jordan kept them from ever making names for themselves. When you had Charles Barkley winning an MVP for Phoenix and then losing to Chicago, when you have Karl Malone winning an MVP and then losing to Chicago in the finals, that happens. LeBron fans also love to hold Jordan's early career playoff losses to teams like the bad boy Pistons, and the Celtics against him. A collective belief amongst those fans is that losing in the finals is better than losing in the first round. Yes, this is true, but it is also important to know that LeBron played almost his entire career in an admittedly weak Eastern Conference. Compare that to Jordan, who had to face off against Bird's Celtics, Zeke's Pistons, early in his career, and then he had to face Ewing's Knicks, Shaq's Magic, and Miller's Pacers in the latter part of his career. It was never an easy it was ne- it was never easy for him. He also had to face teams like i uh, the Suns and the Jazz in the finals. But again, we don't hold those teams to the high esteem that we hold the Spurs and the Warriors because he lost LeBron James beating that 73-9 Warriors team was one of the single greatest sports moments I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Now, whether or not Jordan could have beaten that team is a conversation for another time. However, the reason Jordan never faced a team like that in the finals is because Jordan's Bulls were always that team. And they were always that team because of Michael Jordan. Like the Warriors, Jordan's Bulls were consistently logging 60 to 70 plus win seasons, and nonetheless, the Warriors were still unable to threepeat where the Bulls did it twice. LeBron has never achieved those things, and you can say it's because LeBron has had less help, but we will get to that later. So the verdict when it comes to success is also Michael Jordan. So the next category is longevity and durability. There are four categories that I use for this: seasons played. Prime seasons, which is subjective in my opinion. Uh, seasons where they played 82 games. And injuries plus impromptu retirements. So LeBron James has played more seasons. He's had more prime seasons. Jordan played more 82-game seasons, but that can largely be chalked up to load management. And injuries to him plus impromptu retirements, LeBron has one, Jordan has three. LeBron has been able to extend his prime further than any player we have seen in NBA history. It is unprecedented how long he's been able to sustain such a high level of play with minimal damage to his body aside from a groin injury in the latter half of last season. LeBron has played m- more seasons total, more seasons in his prime. Jordan played more full seasons, but again, has a lot to do with load management. And LeBron has shown that when he has to play all two, all 82 games, he's more than capable Jordan is a very durable player, but, uh, and like LeBron, he has sustained one major injury over the course of his career. Nevertheless, Jordan did retire twice in this prime, where LeBron, in his 17th straight year, he's in his 17th straight year and counting. So the verdict for longevity and durability, hands down, goes to LeBron James. Now to the last category, which is assistance. There are four categories that I brought for this. All star teammates, and then Phil Jackson's, Jerry Krause's, and Jerry Reinsdorf's. Now, LeBron James has had five all star teammates compared to Michael Jordan's one. And off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it's Wade, Bosch, AD, Kyrie, and can't remember who the last one was. But I didn't include Hall of Famers played with on this table for two reasons. One being that LeBron is still playing. And the other being that both of them are likely the catalyst for their teammates being or eventually being in the Hall of Fame. Jordan only played with one other All-Star, Scottie Pippen, but it's hardly anything to make a point about, especially since B.J. Armstrong and Horace Grant both made appearances during Jordan's first hiatus from the NBA. It can be argued that LeBron's All-Stars include more all-NBA caliber talent as well, but seeing how he played more significant time without them than with them, it's a fraudulent argument. The biggest factor in Jordan's assistance, aside from Scottie Pippen, was most definitely the Bulls organization from the top down. Their owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, is one of the greatest owners in sports history, and he was the primary reason for the team's preemptive breakup, but you cannot disregard the major role he played in the construction as well. Jerry Krause, the general manager, always had the ability to surround Jordan with players he needed to succeed either through the draft, through free agency, or via trade. That is a luxury that LeBron James has not had throughout the course of his career. As portrayed in The Last dance, Kraus was used as the scapegoat for the team's deconstruction. Unfortunately, he's not alive to defend himself, so we will never know for, tr- for sure the role that he played. Phil Jackson is the single greatest coach in the history of the NBA. He's won 11 NBA championships coaching both the Bulls and the Lakers. When Jackson arrived, he taught Jordan a different way to play the game with the triangle offense this new style of play shifted Jordan from a stat monster to a team-oriented winner who also filled out the stat sheet. In comparison, LeBron has played under less-than-competent front offices and has had pretty subpar coaching, with the exception of Eric Spolstra, throughout the course of his career. So when it comes to assistance, I believe Jordan has had more assistance, and therefore LeBron James wins that verdict. Now, to wrap it all up, After carefully evaluating those main quantifiable criteria, Jordan beats out LeBron in three of those two categories. If you swing even one of those categories in the other way, LeBron leads. But in my opinion, the categories in which Jordan wins are significantly more important. That gives Jordan the decisive victory, at least in my eyes, and therefore making him the goat and LeBron the sheep. Now, LeBron is the most phenomenal player I've ever seen in play the game of basketball in my life, but that is because I've never had the privilege of watching Michael Jordan in my life. In the interest of full disclosure, I used to be a LeBron guy, and it was not until after digging deeper where I realized that Jordan is the guy, and by a rather big margin. I had a whole other criteria I was going to write about called the eye test, but I decided to ditch that category given that it is not quantifiable, and it is heavily, heavily subjective. Yes, LeBron is bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's a freak of nature like we've never seen before. However, those attributes are irrelevant when comparing basketball players to some extent. Yes, it helps you to be the biggest, fastest, strongest player on the planet. But it does not mean that you are inherently the greatest player of all time. If that were the case, Will Chamberlain would be the GOAT far and away. If you've ever seen his measurables, it's ridiculous. Guy ran faster, jumped higher, was stronger than everybody else. Instead, one must look at the criteria listed here to make that all-important distinction, and the criteria clearly points to Michael Jordan. So in the end, I believe Jordan to be the GOAT. I, again, I have fluctuated on this significantly. I think that... I thought at one point that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the GOAT. I thought at one point that Will Chamberlain was the GOAT. I was big LeBron guy. At this point, I'm, I'm with Michael Jordan. I don't believe that LeBron... I believe LeBron is too late in his career to change that. However, I don't think it is impossible. If LeBron wins six rings at some point, then the conversation becomes real. But, at this point right now, I believe it to be Jordan, and unless I see something big change, I'm probably not going to change my opinion. So, a lot of you will probably disagree with what I have to say. A lot of you will probably agree with what I have to say. However... Right now, I believe Jordan to be the GOAT, and until I hear a valid argument in return, I won't be changing my opinion or unless LeBron does something. And I've heard all the arguments that there are. And I wrote this article and I'm posting this podcast that way I never have to talk about it again. <laughs> so, I will see you guys later. Hopefully I'll be rec- hopefully I'll be recording more often than I have, but it's probably not going to be the case. By the way, go check out my boy Wayne Diesel's podcast, Calling It How I See It. Uh, Wayne has been a recurring guest on this podcast and one of my good friends now. Go listen to his podcast. The guy is Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp. If they had a love child, my man got talent. He's got everything, that, the passion that comes with it. So go listen to his podcast. Go check out my articles, ranking uh, quarterbacks every week for the NFL. Go support uh, my Facebook, my, uh, my writing, my podcast, anything, and I'll see you guys later.